What are you looking at? A Christmas gift that I got. Put it together last night. It is a 40th anniversary of a Lego set from Return of the Jedi, which means it's freaking awesome. Hello and welcome to the Resilient Lineage podcast where we reflect on the past, anticipate the future, and discover what God is up to today. I'm Olivia. And I'm Milo. And today we're going to be talking about positioning ourselves for a spiritual gathering. Yeah. Church camp, for example. Church camp. You got a a one day church camp coming up. (laughs) Literally. Isn't it? I mean, it's It's it's, just one day. Yeah. Kind of. Is it start Friday night? It's right. Yeah. Like worship and setting you up. To okay. hear a message the next day on Saturday. And then you're done Saturday night, right? Mm-hmm. And then we come I feel to like church. I should know that. Maybe. But <laughs> I'll be honest with you. When I hear those announcements at church, sometimes it's like, I'm pretty sure everybody that needs to track that's tracking that. I don't think I need to be tracking that. <laughs> Is that well, bad? No. Okay. Because it's kind of like. Would you oh, tell oh. me if it was bad? You would tell. I would tell you. You'd be like, Dad, no, No. that's not good. I'm one to share my feelings. (laughs) That's true. Are you looking? You you went to this last year, right? I did. And it was actually really, really good. Okay. Yeah. It's like a pre kind of view. It's like a pre camp. Okay. So students go there and then they're like excited for summer. Oh, okay. It's like a preview. You know what I mean? Oh, nice. It's like a trailer. Yeah. So one of the things that Olivia and I try to do in preparing for these podcasts is we look over the calendar of what's coming up. This is true. And um, the things that we, what, like we're going to naturally talk about anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of go like, well, wait a minute, maybe that's something we could discuss, discuss uh, a little bit more openly with some of our closest friends. Yeah. Because uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you are some of our closest friends. <laughs> yes. That's, uh, that's the level of impact this, uh, this podcast is having. So, um, so last night when we were talking about this, you, we were kind of batting around some ideas Mm -hmm. and I mentioned, um, a passage of scripture that has been like our, our, a text that has very much anchored us as a family and that, um, sort of core principles or ideas that are in that text. And so uh, why don't we start with that? Is that okay? okay yeah, yeah, and yeah. then we'll, we'll kind of go, we'll look at the other passage of scripture and then we'll loop it back. Yeah. We'll loop it back. Thread the holes. Okay. So the passage of scripture, um, comes from Acts chapter two, verses 42 through 47. And let me kind of, I don't, I don't think I've told you this yet. Probably not. I, I, yeah, probably <laughs> not. So, um, when, your mom and I were, so I was pastoring a church in Ohio. Mm-hmm. You weren't even born yet. and Out of the picture. Yeah. And um, we were working through um, a purpose statement for the church. And so we walked the entire congregation through the, the process, walked the, and then the church council walked through it. And anyway, it was a rather elaborate process that we walked through. And in that, pro- and this was at a time, I don't know if you've ever heard of the book, The Purpose Driven Church. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, is uh, it uh, The Purpose Driven Life? Okay. So, The Purpose Driven Life is by Rick Warren. Yes. He, f- the first book he wrote was The Purpose Driven Church. Gotcha. In fact, later he would, uh, w- he would say he wished he would have written those in reverse order. Mm-hmm. So, 
And fucking love Rick Warren. Do you? I do. You do. You've I've caught you listening to his sermons. Yes. He's a very articulate, which he is, is yeah. From he, Saddleback Church. Saddleback Church. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Yeah. You're like, I'm crushing this podcast. <laughs> Preparation done. <laughs> um so when you're so we 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 worked on it there, and I, I, to be honest with you, I don't remember what the purpose statement was that we came up with. That was like 20 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, we did that, and then uh, we moved to Indiana to plant a church. And as we were working on planting a church, I very much took a lot of the work that we had done over at that church in Ohio, and we began to apply it to the church that we were doing in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, and but then I thought, you know what, we should probably have this as a family. Like, what would it look like to to have a, and by this point, the purpose driven life was coming out and, Mm -hmm. and, um, I had read that book. And so I was, I was looking at your mom and I were looking at like, how do we live with purpose as a family? And so Acts chapter two, verses 42 through 47, very much captures my imagination. And so the, the picture is this, uh, Jesus has, you know, so in the gospels, he's come, he's had his ministry He's been betrayed. He's died. Three days later, he rose from the dead. Then he spent a, a period of time where he showed up to disciples and, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of let those close to him know that he was alive. And then yeah. he ascended back into heaven. Okay, th- so that's when the book of Acts picks up. Mm-hmm. So Jesus gives them, you know, the great commission, you should be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the world. And then he leaves, but just before he leaves, he tells them, I want you to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So this group of people all gather up with one another. They're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. And and then he does. And so that's what we get in the God. That's what we get in Acts 2 is sort of the the church officially we, yeah. born. I mean, it's some would argue, you know, maybe the church started in the book of in the gospels. Mm. Is that the beginning? It does that's not the point of where I'm going yeah, with yeah. this. As much as it is, towards the end of Acts chapter 2, we read these words. And in verse 42, it says, And they, meaning these early Christians, right? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing to the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Okay, so what stood out, like when I read that, when I as said, so probably I was in high school, mm-hmm. when I read that passage of scripture, um, it has captivated me of this is what the church could be. Mm. This is what people, a body of people, a a group of people who are sold out to what Christ is about, this is what their lives could look like. So how do I distill down what's here to, um, to the lives that we live? And I think, you know, I don't know, what, what are your thoughts? Like when you read this, what stands out to you? What, what sounds you know, enticing that you kind of go like, Ooh, I'd like to be part of that. Or I'd be interested in that. Does anything stand out to you? Like having fellowship within a household. Okay. Like having a, so it kind of reminds me of like having a Bible study, right? Sure. Yeah. Sharing thoughts, sharing food. Yeah. Even, but I think the thing that captivated, 
like me the most was like um, the part. <clears throat> I forgot where it was. Where like they gave everything away. Okay. So for yep. the for God's glory. Yep. I forgot where I, it was in there. It's in verse for, uh, um, end of forty five. Says and they were selling their possessions mm-hmm. and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like is like kind of like what we talked about last week with being generous. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how we should have that mindset. Yeah. So what? Yeah. So like, what stood out to me was the level of intentionality these folks had. Now mm-hmm. I don't think anybody sat down and was like, "How can we, you know, effectively do this?" I don't. I I I, I think this type of lifestyle is natural in some mm-hmm. regards to those that have turned their lives over to Christ. These are the natural outcomes yeah. that come with that. Now, having said that, I also think we live in a world that. Um, you may be able to do this in kind of a burst of for a period of time, mm-hmm. but it, it creates a level of diligence to do it consistently yeah. and intentionally. So it's more than just, okay, we're just going to ride this wave of a Holy Spirit high. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it yeah. will be fine forever. And that's always the thought is like, this is amazing. I'll never not feel mm-hmm. this way. Why would God take this feeling away from me yeah. if it's coming from him? Yeah. And it's not that he takes it away as much as it is, um, that's not life circumstances mm-hmm. don't, don't play out itself like that. You know, I mean, I remember I preached a message one time called the miracle of the mundane. Mm-hmm. Like one of the greatest miracles I see is when people follow Jesus wholeheartedly when life is just fine. Yeah. <laughs> not when it's hard, but yeah. like when it's not super hard and it's not super great. It's just sort of. You're kind of just grinding through. Um, to me, to like follow Jesus in that, the mundane, that requires a miracle in the soul. That's true. You know? Um, yeah. Okay, so at, with this passage, what came out of that were four, um, I'll call them four devotions because it mm-hmm. says they devoted themselves. I'll call that, I'll call them that right now. Um, but they devoted themselves to uh the apostles teaching fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers, um, talks about many signs and wonders being done with them. You know, it says they mm-hmm. went to the temple, um, they were breaking breads in their homes. They had all things in common. Okay. So the, that kind of overall concepts we distilled down into sort of four mm-hmm. sort of convictions or devotions. So the first is connect, right? Right. So they're breaking bread, which implies they're, they're sharing meals with one another. Mm-hmm. So, they're gathering around a table. They're being intentional with how they do life with people in their homes. So, and I think this is a, um, one of the things that sometimes we do right in church and sometimes we don't is that, you know, when you think of most people, when you say how much square footage exists in your church, everybody's thinking about the building that they go to on Mm -hmm. Sunday. But if you were to ask, Okay, but how much square footage is represented by the, these people? Like you think of all the homes, people and businesses, like think of all of that square footage, all that space, physical mm-hmm. space where people gather. It is a, a tremendous amount of space. Yes. And so how could we use that space to connect with folks? How mm-hmm. could we use that to build meaningful relationships? And yeah, what does yeah. that mean? What's the value of that? Second was um, 
the equip piece, right? So it says that they were listening to the apostles' teaching, mm-hmm. that they were engaged in in wanting to learn. The apostles were willing to teach and pass on what they had yeah. been, you know, taught by Christ. Um, so there's this equipping element. The worship piece. Um, some would even say, you know, obviously they went to the temple for prayers, but mm-hmm. there's also this, um, and they're doing it at their home. So there's this this public and private component of of worship that is is at play. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think when it's talking about breaking bread, I don't think it just means they're sharing a meals. I think it could also mean that they were sh- sharing the meal, right? Mm-hmm. The, the communion, right. the sacrament, breaking bread, drinking wine, mm-hmm. um, engaging in those things with one another. And that piece where it says they held all things in common, you know, make, giving to one, uh, as to others as they had need was yeah, that they yeah. were they were intentionally serving each other. So we came up with this connect, equip, worship, serve. Okay, so how do we orient our lives? How do we order our lives around those four kind devotions. of devotions, yeah. those four convictions that these are the things that we're convinced that if if we do these four things, we will experience to some measure this sort of deep impact and fellowship. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we've been fortunate that we've tried to do this everywhere we've lived with varying degrees of of success. Yeah. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. when there's a period of time we planted a church in our living room, mm-hmm. um, started there, and then, you know, that grew outgrew that space. There's times we've had Bible studies. You've had Bible studies mm-hmm. over. In fact, where we're recording this podcast, we designed this room so that you could have you and your brother could have friends over yeah, and a, yeah. a place to connect and mm-hmm. and things. And so um We've always tried to open up our home in a way, and even organize our home in a way that allows people to, uh, for us to host mm-hmm. and for people to be able to be served in that capacity. Yeah. Um, We're getting there right now with this house. We're yeah. so close to the end of renovations. So close. <laughs> I'm glad you think that. <laughs> I don't think those words have ever come out of my mouth. So. <laughs> no, you got like two two big humdiners just to get out of the way. Yep. Yep. And then we're good. Well, we'll see. Okay. Yeah. I think we're getting to the, we're almost to the place where um, we can have people over and it, it not feel like it's half of a construction site. Mm-hmm. So... We're almost to that point. Christmas was exciting. Christmas. We'll talk about that in another episode. (laughs) Um, Short version is Milo's not allowed to begin any construction, home improvement projects. Around the holidays. During Advent. So (laughs) once Advent begins, all home improvement projects need to stop. Yes. Um, So we'll talk about that later. Mm -hmm. But um, okay, so that connect, equip, worship, serve. So, you know, as we were talking about your LS weekend. Yeah, yeah. You're like, okay, how can you make the most of this weekend? And then, you know, my encouragement was to put on this framework into a weekend like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, how can I step into this experience in a way that is intentional around Mm -hmm. these four things? And varying degrees of weight, right? Maybe some of these aren't as going to be as um, important as the others. So with that said, there's a great proverb there is. You want to read this? Yeah, chapter kind of, kind of, twenty-one. It kind of gives us a, a you know, a proverb is sort of like they're not promises, no. but they're sort of like, hey, this is sort of how life works. Sound wisdom. Sound wisdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to read that proverb? Yeah, yeah. So it's Proverbs twenty-one verse five, and it says, "The plans of the diligent lead survey to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty." Hmm. 
So what do you think that means? I think, you know, when you walk into a circumstance, knowing what you're going to do, expecting what you want out of it, Mm -hmm. um, prepared to go through it, you will gain some level of understanding or guide, like wisdom or, um, yeah, understanding. But if you don't walk into it expecting much, you're probably not going to come out with anything. Oh, that's true. Like what you put in is kind of like what you get out of it. Yeah. So the more you prepare, the more likely you're going to be more successful. There was, when I was planting that church in Mm -hmm. Indiana, um, I had a coach, church planting coach. Nice. And he said, uh, I was getting ready for a meeting and I wasn't sure if I, what I should share and how to prepare Mm -hmm. for it. And I was kind of tempted to wing it. Mm. (laughs) And it was a rather important meeting. And he said, um, don't wing this. And I said, okay. And he said, no, you don't understand. They will not have given this as much thought as you've given this. Oh. I was like, oh, okay. And he goes, the man with the plan wins. So if you walk in with a plan already baked and you're open to it inputs and you're Mm -hmm. open to it being tweaked and adjusted, um, you'll probably walk out closer to, you know, moving towards and executing what you had planned than if you walked in just sort of like, I don't know, guys, what do you think? Right. Mm -hmm. So the man with the plan wins. And I've always remembered that. And generally speaking, it's been true. There's been a few times I've walked in with ideas and I've realized, no, somebody else has a plan and their plan is actually way better than what I was mm-hmm. thinking or is in a direction that I wasn't aware we needed to go. And yeah. it was like, oh no, that's, that's the, that's the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I knew at least what I was moving away from right. versus like sort of, you know, kind of shrugging my shoulders and like, yeah, sure. That sounds fine. So, um, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. So the plans of the diligent lead survey, or another translation says, the plans of the diligent surely uh, lead to abundance. Mm-hmm. But everyone who is hasty comes to poverty. Oh, I said survey. <laughs> I meant surely. <laughs> no, that's what you. T- I wasn't sure if that was a typo or if that was what you. Oh. Was that anyway. A- it says the plans of the diligent lead surely, surely. to abundance. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, I was looking at. I was at, like, what about like, survey? Lead survey to abundance. I was like, oh, that's an interesting. We're reading our notes. Translation. This, it's not, we're not reading out of the Bible. The Bible's not. <laughs> well, we read out of the Bible initially, <laughs> <We> and then. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah. We, we uh, typed the wrong thing, and by we, I mean Olivia. So. Hey, uh, <laughs> thanks, Dad. <laughs> Well, the diligent will lead to abundance and everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Yeah. So. Yeah. Diligent. Yeah. I I was looking at that word diligent. Mm -hmm. Do you know what that word means? No. Well. So, okay. I might show you. I looked it up in the Oxford Dictionary because that's what's on my computer mm -hmm. and quickly accessible. But then I'll tell you what the Hebrew word there actually means. So in in the Oxford Dictionary, it says having or showing care and conscientiousness in one's work or duties. Hmm. Showing care or conscientiousness, like you're being intentional. Yeah. What the word, uh, the Hebrew word actually means is like to sharpen, Hmm. to carve. So it's an artisan's word. 
Interesting. Isn't that beautiful? It is. So the plan of the diligent or the plan of the person who is artistically shaping their life hmm. leads yeah. to abundance. That's cool. That's really cool. But everyone who is hasty comes to poverty. (laughs) (laughs) There's that. (laughs) Uh, And I think, you know, obviously you can over plan and we're not advocating for people to plan uh, outside of God's will. No. But we should be able to um, be intentional Mm -hmm. and and then move forward from there. So with all of that said, okay, so we've looked at the Acts passage. Yeah. Looked at the Proverbs passage. You know, connect, equip, worship, serve. Okay, how do I live a diligent life, right? Mm -hmm. How do I live in a way that I'm artistically carving out the plans for my Mm -hmm. life? Uh, You know, because that's where abundance is, right? Right. And not that we're not, we don't want to get into a health and wealth prosperity type thing, but the the idea is steward your time well, steward your resources well, and there will be abundance, right? Mm. There will be plenty to go around and not just for you, but for you to be generous with. We talked about that in the previous uh, podcast. Mm -hmm. Okay. So with all that sort of framework in mind, how does that, or how can that shape the way you approach a student weekend like you have in front of you? Yeah. Um, I think for me, like you obviously want to get something out of it, you know, like it's an event. With our church, it's a big event. You're meeting with every student of this church. So we go to this mega church, if you I don't want even, to call it. I don't even think you can put it in quotations. Like. <laughs> it is a mega church. I looked it up. I was the other day, I got really bored because uh, I was what I don't remember. You know how my brain works. So I, I, I was like, mega church. I wonder what the top 100 mega churches are. And I found a list that listed them by state. Oh, yeah. And what are the biggest churches in what state? And this is the church we go to is the biggest in the state of Virginia. Virginia, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so, got it's got a main campus and then it's got multiple campuses. Yeah, so it's like all six these, or seven. Yeah. So, We've lost track. Yeah, they say it every Sunday, but they do. You know, we don't count. So. Okay. Well, that doesn't sound very good on our end. <laughs> <laughs> we don't pay attention. <laughs> well, we pay attention, but I mean, it's not like I mean, the churches just rattles through the the campuses. Yeah. It doesn't go like, and we have eight campuses. They're not like that. They're, no. they're, just, they're just glad to be having the level of influence and impact yeah, that yeah. they're having for the kingdom, which is awesome. Yeah. So for this weekend, it's all the students of each individual campus gathering. So there's probably maybe, maybe like 300 students that come. Okay. There could be more. And this is high school or junior high or just? Middle through high. Middle through high. Okay. So. One day event. Yes. Oh, begins Friday night, mm-hmm. goes to Saturday night. So 24 mm-hmm. hours-ish. Yeah. Um, you definitely, like, I feel like there's, for me, there's like these level of perspectives I walk in with. Um, I obviously love going with my friends. I think that's key. They make it better. You know, it's better to go with friends than to go alone, depending on what, depending on what that looks like for you. Okay. So let's talk about this kind of weekend. Yeah. Through the connect, equip, worship, serve. Mindset. Mindset, lens, convictions. Mm -hmm. Devotions. I don't know what to call them. Morals, less. values. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I should know. I was thinking about that actually on the drive-in this morning. Um, I should have a name for, to call these four things, and I don't. Um, so with the okay, so how are you, or what are the right set of questions to ask about on the connect piece when connecting with people? I think you should know. I think you should walk in with how 
can I take what I'm going to hear and apply it to my life? I think that's just something you should walk in with. Like a personal connection with God. Okay. Like what can I learn before, like before you even go in, um, I'm going to walk in and I'm going to hear this message or I'm going to hear this song or I'm going to speak to these people. And it could be like something small. Like before I go to an event, I like to leave some like expectations kind of like I'm going to walk out of this knowing God more, walk out with a motivation to know his word, kind of, it can be very bland. Okay. No, but you have some outcomes in mind. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, and then, so, so when, with the connect piece though, cause connect is about strengthening your community. Right. Right. So, and you know, I don't feel like you got to share people's names, but like, do you have people in mind? That Absolutely. You... Okay. I got my accountability partners Okay. and they go with me Okay. <laughs> all around the church. <laughs> what about, okay. So here's a question I have. Um, cause this is, this is a concern I always carry. And I, I don't know if it's because I, I, I've been a pastor for so long, mm-hmm. but I'm always concerned about those that are going that aren't connected. Mm. Have you thought about that? Like like in the in your sort of, like as you think about these things, like, okay, I've got my group of friends, which is awesome. Right. You're really good about building that. Um, and But is that part, part of your consideration is that there's going to be people here that aren't connected that are on the outside. So what are we, or how can I lead my mm-hmm. friends or talk to them about pulling people in? Cause which that can be a, a dangerous thing. Yes. Or, or not honestly dangerous or risky, but it can be a, um, I mean, it can be dangerous. Uncomfortable. And uncomfortable is a really good work. Yeah. Like what are your thoughts about that? No, I definitely think that's key. I mean, for us, like when we move around all the time and I think one of the biggest things is like you walk into a church and you walk into a community of people who have known each other all their lives, who, um, those are their people and they don't find a need to have outreach because they have their people. Yeah. And for me, like I'm constant, we're moving every four years, like, um, you know, you, you grew and you have friends, but when someone new comes in, you, you welcome them, but then you're kind of like, uh, I'm going to go back to my friends. Mm-hmm. Like, this is great. Glad you're here. I'm going to go back to where I'm comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I, is not a healthy mindset knowing like this isn't going to help you build the body of Christ. Cause Paul specifically tells us to unite with one another Yeah. for the body of Christ. Um, so definitely that's a really good point that you brought up because so, especially on these events, so many parents sign them, their kids up for this. Mm. And it's usually kids that only come twice a year to these, like, so they have n- no community, not that they've not been there every week, but like it's their first time At an Ellis back. weekend or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I can think of students who only come to church camp or only come to these weekends. And that's when I see them. And then I invite them back and they're just, they don't come. But partly that's probably because of distance from their house or school districts. Mm. Or yeah, they may go to a There's a school. variety of variables. Yeah. It's yeah. not like I'm pinpointing anything, but um, that's, a, that's a really good lens. Like you should walk in with the intention to build relationships. 
Yeah. Because I think there's a, well, for all of us, there's that temptation to how am I going to get connected mm-hmm. or deepen my connections, yeah. which is great. Think about those things. Um, but I think, and I, I think you bring up a good point because we've moved around so much. Maybe mm-hmm. that's where it comes from. I'm a little hypersensitive to not being connected. Yeah. You know, and being that person that is wondering if you're going to get invited into mm-hmm. a group. Um, you know, I remember. And it's scary, man. <laughs> it's very scary meeting new people. Yeah. Why, why do you think that is? Especially if you're the new person, because I think one of the things I've realized about recently is like, for me, you notice everything as a new person. Oh, yeah. You notice the worship music. You know what the person in front of you, beside you, behind you, all around you are doing. You are listening to the message more intentionally because you're alone and I think you just don't know what to do. Mm. So you're just kind of aware. Wow. I think those who have are constantly there kind of hanging out with their friends or don't have a desire, a, maybe a desire, maybe they do, but it's not huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people come to church because of their friends, which is great. Like it's great to have a community, but you need to have some level of outreach, I think. And um, so what I'm saying is like <clears throat> being in a military environment and moving around and people not always relating to you because I'm a military kid. We're going to a Virginia <laughs> mega church and not that many people move around and they've always lived here and that's great. So I think people get intimidated when your life doesn't match theirs and they don't know where they can connect. Yeah. Good. Well, so I think, uh, so connect is one. Mm -hmm. Equip. Equip. It's the next one. Yeah. What does that look like, dad? Nowadays. Well, again, like for each of these, I always have a, at minimum, sort of a, a a paired up set of questions. Mm -hmm. So, like with the connect is how am I going to connect? And then the second question is how can I connect others? And which to that point, it yeah. might not be in that they connect with my group, right? but I may make sure that they're connected with a group or connected with somebody. Um, so, but those are two different questions, right? right? And so I think even on the equip piece, it's a, it's two different questions. So one question is what do I need to learn? What are the questions I'm wrestling with right now in my walk with God? Yeah. What am I trying to get clarity on? Um, what, uh, what am I doing to, you know, uh, grow my faith in an intentional way, maybe a, around a particular topic or interest, mm. um, or you like with an LS weekend, right? There'll be a theme and yeah. it'll be like, Hey, here's kind of what we're focused on. And it's like, okay, well maybe that's not what I've been focused on with my walk with mm-hmm. God. So what am I going to learn about that theme? Even if yeah, I'm not yeah. interested in it or mm-hmm. I don't really see the relevance. Okay. Well, you know what? I can press pause on personal relevance for mm-hmm. the next 24 hours right. and step into whatever this is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the one piece is what do I need to be learning through mm-hmm. this? And then how, what is my role to equip others in this sort of setting? Mm-hmm. So you're a senior in high school. I am. Right? Oh, that's scary. Yeah. So like loud. you're going to be top of the pyramid, you know, one of the big dogs walking around there, you know, the little junior hires being deeply intimidated by your swagger. By my five one energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Big dog on campus. <laughs> yeah, let me do that. <laughs> um, you know, so, but I mean, you are, I mean, you're a senior in high school. Yeah. So, I mean, have you thought about that going to this LS weekend that you are the, you're in the group of the older ones? I am. And I think one of the things that surprises me the most is, you know, as a middle schooler, I looked at all the seniors or even my brother and all of his friends when they were seniors. I'm like, wow, they look so old. They're so grown <laughs> up. Maybe not my brother, but like, you know, yeah, everyone else, <laughs> everyone else, all of his other friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now that I'm that, like, it doesn't seem that, imp- like, I feel like there was a level of importance. Sure. Like, and I don't feel that because yeah. I'm Olivia. Like, I um, I kind of didn't view my senior year as like this. Like, I'm going to be the sphere of influence, yeah. which I should because the, the seniors I remember had a sphere of influence yeah. on me. And they pushed a relationship to have with me. And I still remember them. Yeah. I'm friends on Facebook with them. Yeah. Um, shout out to Sam Miller. (laughs) Um, but, uh, now that I'm kind of that age, like I look around and there's all these like middle schoolers that are just screaming and running around. And I'm like, "Mm, maybe like next week's a new week. Or I was way more mature when I was there. Yeah. yeah. And it's like not this good lens that you should stare at your youth group. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, that lens gives you the permission to not engage. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of going, well, no, I have a responsibility mm-hmm. here. Um, so how do I step into that? So, yeah. I mean, I think what you bring up is a really good point. So how do you, and again, these aren't like, here's the question, find the, you know, yeah. what's the answer? It's mm-hmm. much as it is walk into the setting with that question. Mm. Even like going back to that Proverbs passage, you know, the diligent person, you know, the the way they live their life will lead to abundance. Well, I don't think diligence is just walking around with a bag of answers. No. I think diligence is I'm constantly asking, how can I how can I sharpen or how can I carve mm-hmm. or how can I hone this setting uh, to accomplish the objectives that right. need to be objective. So that's a set of questions that's constantly being asked as you're going through it. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so with, you know, with equip, it's like, not just Mm -hmm. what do I need to learn, but then also. How can I equip others to do the same? Yeah. And it could, it might not even be on the spiritual front. Right. It could be like, Hey, you know, you see somebody like, Hey, you're good. Like, yeah, I can't find my group leader. What's their name? I don't even remember. They didn't tell me. Do you know what I mean? It's like, Oh, okay. Well, let's figure out where they're at. And Mm -hmm. you're not afraid to ask questions and you've been around long enough that you can go. I mean, just little things like that, that, Hey, how can I posture myself to, to help someone else answer their questions, Mm. regardless of what the questions are. Right. Um, Okay. So that's a connect, equip, worship. Mm. So Alice, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to have like worship services and things like yeah. that. Yeah. So what in that weekend, mm-hmm. what are the worship gathering? What, like, what is the emphasis of worship going to be? Um, if I remember right, I think last year they um, had us do worship. I'm on the worship team for my campus. So I don't think I did it last year. Cause I are don't, you playing this year? I don't, I don't know. Dave hasn't. It's probably, I should reach out to Dave. Dave. <laughs> He's a busy guy. He is a busy guy. Like, I'm not going to expect him to reach out to me now. And be like, <laughs> anyway, um, I don't think I was on the worship team last year because 
you know, it was a whole thing. Anyway, but um, Friday night was kind of like we're going to open with worship, and then here's a little message. We're going to okay. ready our hearts for the preparation for tomorrow. Got it. So that you can kind of dive in. Yeah. Like you're just walking through the shallow end, ready to dive on Saturday. Um, on Saturday, they, it was a lot. Like they, you know, it's all the hype music you don't hear on Sunday morning. You know, because. Oh, like high energy. Yeah. Like let's um, fuel the spirit. Yeah. Everyone jump, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kind of. Got it. Mode. Um, and then, you know, as soon as the sermons end, like it's really quiet and sentimental and makes you like want to cry, which I did. And then the next song was like high energy. And it was like just very confusing. <laughs> I feel like an emotional at, tug of war. I was at, literally, I was at the altar crying. And then all of a sudden, it's like praise, and everyone's like jumping. Emotional time is over. And I was like on the stairs, like with a tissue, and Emma Mayhew's next to me, comforting me, and everyone around me is jumping. I'm like, this is such a change in energy, you know? <laughs> okay. Well, so here's, so you know that now. Yes. So how is that going to affect your posture of worship over the course of the weekend? <laughs> I mean, it's okay if you don't know. I don't know if I have an answer. Um, I don't know. I don't know what this year holds. You can chalk it out of the water like last year. <laughs> um, Wait, I, you could chalk you out of the water? Like, because like, I did not know. I thought it was going to be two oh, sentimental songs back to back, It was man. like a splash of cold water on the face or something. Yeah. Like that. Okay. It was something else. I don't know what to expect. Okay. Um, honestly. Well, I, I think the... So again, with the worship piece, so mm-hmm. and here's a here's the danger that I think people slip into with some of this stuff. Is they very much approach these things from a consumeristic perspective, right? Explain. So connect. Yeah. I'm there to make friends for me. I'm there to learn something, right? For they, me. For me. I want to experience God. I want to feel him, right? And mm-hmm. while in themselves, those aren't necessarily wrong, but the church does not exist for, you know, as a buffet for the Christian soul, you know, to kind of go get what you want when you want it. Mm. Um, That's why to me, there's this tick tock, kind of these two questions that need to accompany each of these things. Okay. How am I going to strengthen my community? Yeah. Which is great for me, but how am I going to strengthen community? For mm. others, mm-hmm. how what do I need to learn, and then what can I do to pass on what I've learned to others? Yeah, yeah. As I go into worship, there's the public worship time. But mm-hmm. what am I going to do to carve out private time for worship? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so if I know there's a uh, there's going to be times carved out for private devotions, mm-hmm. you know, am I am I viewing that time on the schedule as nap time, or am I viewing that time as private time with the Lord? Right. When people might not see me jumping around and raising mm-hmm. my hands and crying at the altar and you know what I mean? All, yeah. all that sort of stuff. It's like, okay, but it's both the private and public. Mm. It's the, it, it guards us against that kind of consumeristic mm-hmm. mentality right. of, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm chasing an experience versus following Christ. Right. Which I think relates it back to the four soils. Like, Totally. The rocky soil, you know, you're on fire for God and you just want to keep that going. You just want to feel that. But when you're not in that environment, because I feel like you associate your passion for Christ in an environment. Mm. Like at Hampton, I'm going to feel it. Mm. At Harborview, you know, it's okay. 
<laughs> Hampton's the main campus of the church we go to, and yeah. Harborview is the campus we attend. Yeah, and, and I think with with that, there's a um, well, in some ways, Hampton maybe feels that way because how often have you been to Hampton? On like four times. Yeah, four times in a year and a half. Right, mm-hmm. it's unfamiliar, and oftentimes unfamiliarity gives birth to novelty, and novelty is always fun and exciting. Yeah, um, familiarity breeds apathy. Mm. Like well, okay. Whatever. Yeah. I know this. I know that. Yeah. I know how this works. How is the Lord going to use this? Yeah. Like, like you're familiar, with, like at our campus, because you've played worship, you're familiar mm-hmm. with the platform. You know how the tech gear works. It's You know what goes into the preparation. None of the songs are surprising because you help, you know, you've led them before or practiced. So there's a, because there's a familiarity mm-hmm. to it, the novelty isn't there. Right. Um, and I think if you're chasing novelty, particularly with worship, then, mm. well, with any of these things, right? Even the serve piece. Um, yeah. If it's about having a novel experience where, you know, it's fun and exciting because it's it's new, it's mm-hmm. unfamiliar, and it's just so exciting. Okay, great. That's like... Good, but... Yeah. But this is like even relationships. You know, when you meet somebody mm-hmm. and it's like so exciting, we click so well and blah, 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 and you can't stop talking and especially if it's a romantic relationship. Ooh, that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there yet. <laughs> one day. <laughs> I mean, you. I mean, everybody yeah. goes through that. It's part of one of the stages you have to work your way through. But then, what happens when it's not exciting? What happens when it's like, why is he texting me right now? Mm-hmm. Why is she texting me right now? I don't want to deal with this. Mm-hmm. I, don't they know that I've got this other stuff going on? When before it was mm-hmm. like, oh, they texted me. I'm going to stop everything I'm doing. Right? <laughs> it's like, okay, what, what are we doing here? That's uh, it's the newness of mm-hmm. it. It's the unfamiliarity of yeah. it, which is always exciting. It's a really good example. Um, so, so connect, equip, worship, serve. Yeah, and I think again, like what a, what's beautiful about that Acts passage is. Uh, they held all things in common. In other mm-hmm. words... Um, they didn't really have to defend their faith. Like they were just comfortable. No, I don't think it was that. No? No. I, I think it was when it says they held all things in common, I think it was, hey, I mean, one way to put it in, in today's terms is what's in my garage, you have access to. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Right. And then, it, and then you would in turn say, and what's in my garage you have access to? Mm-hmm. Like if you need a, a wheelbarrow, man, don't go buy a wheelbarrow. I got a wheelbarrow. I don't use my wheelbarrow all the time. Yeah. Come over and use my wheelbarrow. Um, in fact, if you don't use, if you don't go out and buy a, a wheelbarrow, maybe, just maybe, um, we could use those funds to help somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, we can serve those that, that need more service. I remember... We had a neighbor one time we did that with. Uh, him and I kind of took inventory of the tools we had. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And the idea was like I had some tools he didn't have mm-hmm. and he had some tools I didn't have. And I was like, hey, this is what I got. And he said, this is what I got. And I said, great. You, you, I want you to know if you need any of these things, feel free to mm-hmm. come on over anytime. And he had a key to the house. Yeah. And he did the same thing. And it was phenomenal mm-hmm. um, because then it just, you know, yeah. We held all things in common. Mm. Um, and I think, and, and you know, and the, and the other part of that passage, you know, is, uh, I want to read it, the text right here. Um, 
Although, and they were selling their possessions, belongings, and distributing the proceeds to all as the, any had need. So they mm. were aware of each other's needs. Mm. And so I, so thinking about, uh, you know, like a weekend you're stepping into, yeah. um, and we're talking about this, just, you know, maybe, maybe we didn't highlight this as much as we should have at the top of the hour, but we're highlighting this because there's always going to be these sort of opportunities for us to spiritually step into a retreat type weekend yeah. or a spiritual experience. Um, I recently got back from speaking at a men's event. Mm. You know, there's these things that the church does. So how can we diligently make the most of those moments yeah. and have an abundance right. of, of, of resources to live the lives Christ has mm. called us to. So as you think about this weekend, yeah, what yeah. does it look like to serve? <laughs> Um, honestly, like, I feel like, you know, it's like, you want to invite people, but now it's like a little too late. Um, can you give me a different question? (laughs) I mean, it's a hard, I mean, it's a really, it's not an intuitive question. Would you agree? Right. Because like I'm putting in the, I'm in the place of like, I'm the student, Mm -hmm. I'm not serving. Mm -hmm. And then that can be a very dangerous slope because Mm -hmm. then I'm like, I need to have an intention to serve to some degree. We all should have an intention to serve in any circumstance, whether that's at work or at school or, but that's, that just, you know, the Lord convicted me there for a minute. <laughs> um, no, that's a really good point. Like how can I use my time to make this weekend as effective as it can? Yeah. There's a new book that I haven't read it. I just, I think the title is incredibly articulate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's by the uh, the American writer, uh, pr- you know, who's just a, a, an amazing thinker named Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh yeah, have you ever heard of him? No, <laughs> wasn't he a bodybuilder way back yeah. in the day? Bodybuilder, actor, go- governor, former governor of, of California. California. <laughs> you have seen the special on have Netflix, I? okay? <laughs> <laughs> But he, ha- I think the title, I, mean, I don't want to screw this up. Let me look this up. Um, but I think the title of the book is uh, Make Yourself Useful or Be Useful, Seven Tools for Life, it, which is a really great, super simple, clarifying, are you being useful right now? Mm. Not are you liked. Right. Not do you have a lot of friends. Mm. Not, you know, do people find you attractive. Right. Are you, do people find you smart? No, do you know what I mean? Right, like right. These are the things we try to come into. We walk into a room mm-hmm. and that's oftentimes you can feel that energy from folks sometimes. Right. Like they're trying to portray an image. Mm. Um, and I, and I think if we, if you and I could get in a time machine and go back to this early church, yeah. I think we would find a group of people that were being incredibly useful to one another. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really, that serve piece, right? right. Am, am I being useful? So if I, if I walk into a room and they're setting up chairs, yeah, be useful. You know, I think the temptation would be like, oh, I don't, but I don't know where they go and I don't want to do it and I don't want to mess it up. So I'm going to go ahead and... I wasn't asked to do it I again. I wasn't asked to do it again. Yeah. Be useful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so simple. It is. <laughs> Like two words, <laughs> it's so, but but it's so. I mean, and I think the 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 kind and of and it doesn't take much to be useful. It doesn't. It and, really doesn't. And I, you know, I'll 
your mom is deserves a lot of credit for this. She does. Because we, you know, we've tried to, fr- this framework that we've been living for the last 20 years, figuring out how to live. And it's changed. And what it looks like now mm-hmm. is a little different than what it looked like before. Yeah. But we very much tried to build a framework around these things. And so, you know, how long were we attending the church we're currently at okay. before we were volunteering? Do, do you know what yeah. I mean? And it wasn't, it wasn't out of guilt and it wasn't right. like, man, we're, we're afraid. This is my, I mean, it is your duty, but like you're not doing it just because it's your duty. Yeah. Or because the pastor got up front and said, Hey, we need volunteers. We really needed people to step up. Mm-hmm. It, that wasn't the. Or you're not doing it just for volunteer hours. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you get volunteer hours for. Serving with little kids, but yeah, because you're in man, they ask hard hitting questions that I'm like, no one in my Bible study asks these questions. That's a really good oh, question. Oh, in the kids' ministry, oh my word, that's like, great. You're gonna go, kid, like you're going, <laughs> you're going places. I don't know what I dropped, but I dropped something. Okay, can you still hear the signal? Yeah, okay, you're fine. Then. I'm fine, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not worried about it. Okay, um, okay, so connect, equip, worship, serve, serve. No, I should ask Alex. I should be like, what do you want me to do? Like, how can oh I... Oh, my gosh. How can I help this ministry the best I can? Because I feel like when we go to church camp, we're ready to be served. Like, we're, we kind of walk in like, okay, I'm going to get the message. Mm. I'm going to hear the songs. I'm just going to sit in my chair. I am not making the food. I'll have to get up and then get my little Coca-Cola, and I'm ready to go. Like, I am, be, like, I am transported by other people. To get there. Yeah. Like, it's a very, like, like we are served, but it's not the mindset of how can I serve in those moments. Yeah. That's really it's good, good stuff. It is good stuff. So, <laughs> and the reason why I bring this up is because what we found is, and this, we'll, maybe we'll do a deeper dive on each one of these topics separately. Yeah. Um, I think we even have that in our stack of podcast ideas that mm-hmm. keep, seems to be growing by the day. Um, but... Like what your mom and I have found is these four things, connect, equip, worship, serve. When we have stepped into it, we have always been, um, there's been an abundance, Mm. abundance of relationships that gets cultivated, abundance of opportunity for us to learn from others, for them to be able to learn from our set of experiences. There's, we've, I don't even, like we've always prioritized worship. So we haven't, you know, we've moved around a lot, but it's not like when we move into an area, we, well, we'll figure out when we're going to go to church, where we're going to go to church eventually. It's like, no, week one, boom, what are we visiting and now? It's, it can be very uncomfortable. Yeah, it's, it, it's finding a church. Well, that's one of our topics, actually. Mm-hmm. I want to go over that. How do you find a church home? Yeah. Um, <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. But the, uh, but one of the things that I, like we, in the church we're now, all the churches we've been a part yeah. of. There's been people that have been incredibly blessing to us yeah. as the new people. You yeah. know, we've been able to serve all over the globe mm-hmm. um, because of this posture. Like, it's just opened up the world to us. Our yeah. world is not small because we, and it's not like your mom and I invented this stuff. We right. pulled this straight out of the early church. Mm-hmm. This is what they did. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, the, the, the way to live then is still the way to live now. Mm-hmm. Um so, and, it, and it scales down to how do you make the most of a 24-hour church retreat right. experience, right? Like how do, you, how do you 
make the most of that experience yeah. in a really rich and deep and meaningful way. Yeah, yeah. I think there's this um, proverb, prov- early, early proverb in um, chapter two, verse two, and it says, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Oh man, that's good. And I got that passage like, and it like, it's a really good passage. Um, but it was like right at the beginning of our one year Bible plan. And I was like, yeah, like I'm going to be on fire for God this year. Um, but I think you need to walk in attentive looking diligent. Like you are not there to goof off. There are kids there like that just goof off and sure. because, you know, maybe they don't have a solid relationship with God or whatever the case may be, but... Or they haven't been taught. Yeah. Or their maturity level. I mean, there's a variety of factors yeah, yeah. that could go into that. Um, so I think for me, like, especially when I walk in with a notebook and a pen, like I'm going to write down what I hear because that makes me the most... That's like, this is how much I'm going to get out of it. Yeah. that That's how you practice attentiveness. Right is prepared to take notes. Yes. <laughs> um, because uh, my word for the year that I'm focusing on is yeah. concentrate. Ooh, okay. And if you know me, I don't like, I have like a five second rebound rate before I <laughs> think of something silly, but um, definitely writing down what I hear in points and scriptures that they reference. Like I'm going to, I'm going to try to go back and reread those so I can make the most of this understanding. I'm not saying this to be like, this is what I do. And I do this every time. This is not. Um, But definitely making your ear attentive or tuning your ear for wisdom and then inclining your heart for understanding. It's good. Yeah. Want to give us some shout outs to some folks? Yes. That have been helping us. Oh, my word. Um, Yes. I'll share the first one. You go ahead. I'm going to start off with Rita Renee Marvel. Who's that? Rita Renee Marvel is my cousin. Nice. And author of a new book. And author of a new book, um, which we are in the scheduling process to uh, have her be on this podcast for us to interview her. So, yes. uh, no, right. I uh, We sent the Renee some episodes mm-hmm. early on to get her feedback as we're learning how to do this. And she was incredibly complimentary of you. Yes. Uh, and she just <laughs> provided some really great feedback that I think kind of gave us some confidence. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I Definitely. don't, I haven't seen, I mean, I don't even know. I said, well, I know when I saw Renee um, last, I saw her at our grandmother's funeral mm. and which is a couple of years ago now. And, yeah. um, and then, but I hadn't seen her a long time. Anyway, she's got a phenomenal story of redemption, what God's mm. saved her from, what God is saving her to. It's absolutely beautiful. So yeah, we're yeah. excited about having her on, but she provided us really good feedback. It's always good to get feedback from family because family has a tendency to tell you the things that nobody else this is true. might tell you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that yeah. was good. Um, I'm going to shout out to my friend, Amelia, man. Yeah. She like, she can give you the best compliments, but then she can just tell you like, really? You say that? <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely my accountability partner. Good. And so she has been a big supporter of me on this podcast and giving me words of encouragement. Um, so shout out to you and thank you for all you've done. And then I want to thank Jim Ramos. So I met Jim back in, I want to say 2011, maybe 2012. And mm-hmm. we have a mutual friend um, in Bill Perkins, who's an author. And Bill said, hey, I think you two should grab you know, breakfast or coffee or something like that. So mm-hmm. we did. We hung out, and I heard his heart, and he was just absolutely phenomenal. He's been, he leads a men's ministry, and he was doing really great. And then uh, a couple weeks ago, I was uh, hanging out with another friend of mine that I 
we check in on one another and kind of see how things are going. And mm-hmm. he, I, we were talking about what we were learning. He says, I'm listening to this new podcast called Men in the Arena. And he shows me the podcast. And I was like, wait a minute, I know that guy. He's <laughs> like, you know Jim Ramos? And I was like, yeah, I know Jim Ramos. And he's like, how do you know Jim Ramos? And so anyway, uh, shortly after that, I happened to be in Oregon where Jim lives and we were able to connect. And he gave us a tremendous yes. amount of feedback. Um, really good guidance on how to make the most of what we're doing to do it with clarity, to do it with focus. And so mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're, we're going to be rolling out some things and doing some things um, based upon uh, a lot of his just very, very helpful coaching. So yeah. uh, we want to thank Renee. Amelia, Amelia, Jim, thank you guys. And then uh, we want to thank you. Thank you for listening. If you've been commenting um, in our Facebook feeds mm. or sending us emails, thank you very much for that. Um, we, we deeply appreciate it. Uh, your feedback is helping us uh, make this podcast better. Um, we, mm-hmm. we genuinely hear what you're telling us and, uh, we're, we're taking that feedback and kind of figuring out how to, how to do something well, right. how to do it with excellence. Um, you can follow, rate, and review this podcast. Uh, and by doing that, you're going to help us gain traction. It, it, the algorithms like to see people engaging. So if you do that, uh, you, you're going to help us out. And we deeply appreciate that. Um, you can also drop us an email at info at thisresiliencesoul.com. If you do that, uh, you'll get into our, our uh, database. And we're going to, we got some cool things coming out. So yes. um, Definitely I'm, be I'm not, aware. We're not ready to announce anything Mm-mm. just yet. But we're working on some things uh, that we've got in the pipeline. Uh, so you want to get on the front edge of that curve yes. and and fill out, uh, get, get us your contact info so we, we can keep you up to date with what's going on. Um, we're always looking for ways to deepen the quality and expand the impact of, of what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. So you, if you have any ideas uh, or input on how we can do that, uh, we welcome that sort of feedback. So again, thanks for listening. Thanks for getting the word out. We appreciate you guys. Mm-hmm.